If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll be jumping around a little bit this morning. Our regular series is on the words of Jesus, and we could have many of those today, and we'll think of some of them for sure, but different ones, not just focusing on one. But I guess my question for today is simply this, have you encountered the risen Jesus? That's the question of the day. Have you encountered, have you experienced the risen Jesus? Can you truly say in your life that you know who Jesus is? Not that you know about Jesus, not that you know about the Bible, but that you have a personal experience with the living, risen Jesus Christ. Yesterday we took our family to a movie, which is not that often, because there's a lot of tickets to pay for. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was Easter, but they did have two Christian movies playing, so as well, there's a lot of garbage out there. But for some reason, I guess it's the Easter weekend that they had two Christian movies, so we had to split up the family. Some went to see Paul the Apostle of Christ, and some... Uh, went to see only, or I can only imagine, the song about the song. And so it actually split girls and boys, and you know which movie the boys went to and what movie the girls went to. Um, yeah, the boys went to see the Apostle of Christ, but that's not really why I'm telling you the story, or I'm not going to teach or preach on that. But when I looked up, lo and behold, there wasn't two Christian movies playing, there was three but I didn't realize the theater right next door there in Canada, or we were three and it was four. God's not dead, number three. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you've seen one or two. They were a little chintzy, but number three is out. And I was thinking about that for this morning. I didn't see the movie, but the reality is we could have God's not dead 2,000. Because he is alive every year. And he is who he said he was. And he said he would die and rise again. And he has done that. And we can believe in a risen and a living Jesus. A God who's not dead. God's not dead. The title is correct. But we don't need a movie to tell us. Because we can experience the risen Jesus ourselves each and every day. So as I began to think about this, I began to think of three people's experience with the living Jesus after he rose from the dead. So we're simply going to take three lessons from these three people and then apply them to our lives. If you'll turn to John chapter 20... Verse 11 through 18, the Gospel of John in the New Testament, most of you will realize that the disciples were not the first ones to see the risen Jesus. That honor was given to the women, and specifically, Mary Magdalene was the first to encounter the risen Jesus. Why were the ladies allowed to see Jesus first? Because they were more diligent and they were up earlier. Amen. And how true that is in my house, but never mind that. They went to the tomb early, as it describes here in John chapter 20. And they even went back to the disciples 
who didn't believe them at first, but then did go run and see an empty tomb, but didn't see the risen Jesus. And then we pick up the story in verse 11, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus was laying. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. Oftentimes when Jesus appears after he resurrected, people couldn't recognize him until he wanted to be recognized. But Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you, whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, and you just can imagine the tone, the compassion, the love. Mary, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher, And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Absolutely incredible. She doesn't recognize him. And there's something that's going on that Jesus says to her in verse 17, don't cling to me. And the other gospels thankfully let us know. And in Matthew, it says very clearly that she was grabbing onto his feet. So you can picture the scene a little bit. He introduced, shows her who he is, and she just grabs onto his feet and won't let go because she is worshiping him in such an amazing way. It's interesting in the book of Mark, we have a little more history on Mary, and we know it if we read our Bibles, but it says that he first appeared to this one, the one who had seven demons cast out of her. How many remember that? That she is the one. Oh, why, why not to this super holy person? Why didn't, you know, like this one who had a really holy life, but this one who was messed up and when Jesus lived, healed her and took all the garbage away. That's who he appeared to first. You know, the scripture makes it very clear. He who has been forgiven much loves much. He who has forgiven much worships much. And when you look at her story, and in Matthew as well, when she's clinging to him, or when he sees her, he says, Rejoice! Rejoice, Mary! Have you experienced Jesus, the living Jesus, in such a way that you won't let go of him? Honestly, 
Is he a tradition to you that you can leave or take, come or go? Don't get involved in my life. I don't want to take my hands out of my pocket kind of attitude. Or are you one who truly knows that you're forgiven and you've encountered the risen Lord who looks at you personally and he knows your name and he says, rejoice, I am alive. And he says, just let go of me. Are you worshiping the living Jesus? Because you know, you know you are forgiven. And you know He is alive. And you know He is resurrected. And you will be too one day. And you will be in eternity forever. Listen, if we truly know the living Jesus, we don't want to let go. And our worship comes alive. And whether you sing loud or quiet, it's the heart that matters where you truly understand my worship is my life and I am a living sacrifice and that is my spiritual act of worship. And God, you are alive and you are risen and everything I have is yours. Have you experienced God that way? That you're so thankful? You're so thankful? Because you know how bad you truly are, that you just want to be with Him and praise Him day in and day out. Here's the breaking point. If Jesus is tradition to you, if He's culture to you, if He's what your parents believe to you, you're not worshiping in a living way. You have to encounter Him personally and know you're forgiven and changed and everything in life changes. Mary was never the same. And when he, when she thought he was dead, she weeped and weeped and weeped. But when he was alive, she rejoiced and wouldn't let go. A living God creates living worship. Amen. So as you continue really in line, the next people Jesus appears to is two Men and one we only know his name, the other nameless, is in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. And you might know that story in Luke 24. They're walking away from Jerusalem and they're speaking to each other. And there appears Jesus to them. And they're talking about everything that happened and they're reasoning about Jesus. He comes to them and says in verse 16 of Luke 24, their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. Same kind of story. They didn't know it was Jesus. And he's right beside them and he's talking to them and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? I just think Jesus is funny sometimes, right? Hey, guys, what are you talking about? It says they're talking about him. He can be like, hey, listen, I'm here. But no, he had a lesson for them. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? You don't know what's going on or what's happened in these days in verse 18. And he said to him, What things? <laughs> what's going on, guys? What's happening? So they said to him things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. 
and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things had happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished, astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but him they did not see. I love this. They don't even believe that all of this happened. They don't believe Mary or even people. Like, they don't understand. They don't see. And how many people would we say don't understand? They don't see. They haven't encountered the risen Jesus. They might know the story, but they don't know him. Oh, foolish ones, he says in verse 25, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And you love this, and you've probably heard sermons on this in verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That was probably the most powerful teaching sermon in history, where Jesus just takes all the word of God and begins to explain to him everything about himself. And verse 28, they drew near to the village. Where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is spent. And he went in to stay with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took the bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. They knew him. They experienced him. The truth comes to them. Interesting, he's serving them bread, drinking wine. And all what he taught is now revealed as he reveals himself. And their eyes are opened. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us? While he talked with us, on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us. If Mary experienced living worship, I think these two guys experienced the living word. When God's word touches you because it's written by a living God and Jesus is alive and his word just jumps off the page to you because you know he's alive, it burns within you. Have you ever had that experience? Maybe you're reading or maybe you're listening and there's something within you that comes alive when you hear the words of this book and it speaks to you in such a way that no other book can and it penetrates your spirit. It cuts bone and marrow right to your heart and only you could say he is alive because his word's alive and it's speaking to me like nothing else. Have you encountered the living Word, the living God. 
You can encounter the risen Jesus in the truth of what he said. This is absolutely incredible. You may not recognize God today. You might not recognize Jesus, but he wants to open your eyes. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to teach you the truth of who he was and the types in the Old Testament, which led to the new and his life his death, and his resurrection, and he wants to speak to you. This book is alive because Jesus is alive. So why do we put it on the shelf and say we don't encounter him? Why do we leave it on our bed table and say, I don't know if God's alive? When's the last time you truly sought the truth of the risen God in his risen word? Let's be honest. I don't know if Jesus is alive. When's the last time you sought him out in the truth of his word, which is alive? Because his promise is very clear. If you seek me with all your heart, you will. And Jesus is the word. And Jesus is alive and his word's alive. And we can say today with those disciples, isn't it the truth? When his Holy Spirit is empowering his word, that our hearts burn within us because his Holy Spirit is now the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It empowers this book and it speaks into our lives. Have you experienced the risen Jesus in his living word? Is your worship alive? Is his word alive? This is what happens when we encounter a personal living God. And all I can tell you is, there are many in this room who know he's alive. Do you? Don't look at your neighbor, look at yourself. God, I need you. I need your living words. I want to give you all of myself, because our relationship is alive. Finally, something a little different Because Jesus meets with other people and we know he meets with many and he meets with Thomas. Remember Thomas? I'm going to skip over that, but Thomas didn't believe. Well, you guys might have saw him, but I never saw him, so I'm not going to believe. You ever heard that from your friends? Well, you might believe in that, but until he shows me he's alive, you can forget it. I don't care what you tell me. I don't care what you explain to me. You ever heard that? Isn't it great when Jesus appears to him? Hello, Thomas. Touch me. Isn't Jesus great? He doesn't get mad at people. I believe he reveals himself to people. He says, touch me. And then they have a choice. And then he gives that awesome verse, blessed are those who don't see and believe. Because he is alive. But as the story continues, we know he ascends into heaven and the early church begins And is empowered by the Holy Spirit as he leaves because his spirit enters into man. But there was one man who hated Jesus. Hated Jesus. Hated everything about Jesus. He believed in the Old Testament, but he hated Jesus. He didn't believe in Jesus. Until he himself had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. The risen Jesus. Where was it? On the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9, if you want to turn there. 
You know who I'm talking about? It's the Apostle Paul, at that time known Saul of Tarsus, on his way to Damascus to pick up some Christians and throw them in jail. An evil man with an evil heart. But he has an encounter with the living God. He has an encounter with Jesus Christ. And he's never the same. And you might know the story as he's going. There's two things that happen. He has these letters from the Pharisees. And it says in verse 3 of chapter 9 of the book of Acts. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, and it's hard for you to kick against the goads. And it's not my desire today to expound on Acts chapter 9, but to tell you that Paul had a living encounter with Jesus Christ. It wasn't just a little bit of light, was it? This morning, Amy and I were spending a few minutes just thinking of the day and praying together. And we opened our eyes and there was sunlight coming through our window. And she said, don't get me wrong, I was listening, but I was so thankful for the sun that was coming in the window. I said, it's okay to pray with your eyes open. (laughs) It's not a little bit of sun in the window that Paul experienced. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It wasn't a little bit of nice light that you turn on when it's dark. What happened, it was light surrounded him and it was so powerful. And I want you to take that word powerful, that it knocked him on the ground. There was complete power in Jesus in this man who had power himself, realizes that there is something greater than himself. And not only did he see a light and those around him, he heard a voice. Can I tell you, the risen Jesus brings living power. And when you encounter him, you encounter his power. And he is more powerful than anything else in this universe, period. Amen. Have you encountered the living power and the speaking voice of Jesus Christ in your life? Are you directed by His Holy Spirit? Yes, God still speaks today through His Word and through His Spirit. Yes, God is still powerful today. And you might say, well, why is the world the way it is? And why is my life the way it is? And I can say, I don't know, but I can say God is alive and God is powerful. And God wants to meet you exactly where you are. The problem is many of us believe in Jesus again as a tradition, but we don't understand that He is completely all-powerful, greater than anything else, and there is no problem, no burden that you carry that He cannot take. Amen. If you serve a living God, He wants to get into your heart and change your life. Actually, the Word of God says this. Paul prays in the book of Ephesians that we would truly know the power that lives within us, 
The same power that rose Christ from the dead. Is that the kind of living God you serve? That you have all power within you? That sin has no control over you? I am tired in my life of saying or hearing, I can't control it, it's too hard. That's baloney. God can do it because God is alive and He is all powerful. The question is, do you believe it? Because He's not going to work if you don't. He is all-powerful. He is alive. He is all light. And He can stop you in your tracks and knock you off your path and say, Hello! It's Jesus here. And quit running from me because it's useless. Come to me because I'm alive. I died and I rose again. And I love you. And not only do I want to take you to heaven, I want to be with you today and give you the power you need to live a holy life impacting your community for the glory of God. Have you encountered the risen Jesus? Hey, let's start again. Do you truly believe in the risen Jesus? If you believe in Him, are you experiencing each and every day the risen Jesus? We'll finish like this. It's funny, you know, the Bible. Jesus always talked in relation to us that we're always supposed to be dying. You know that? I know it's not that encouraging today, but looking at Jesus is always encouraging. But when he talks about us, you know, he's saying, he goes like, oh, you got to be like a seed, right? You got to go into the ground and you got to die. Oh, self-denial. I got to die to myself. I always got to let go of myself. If you want to be my disciple, you got to let go of your life, right? He who wants to... Keep his life is going to lose his life, but he who gives his life will get life. When it's always about us, it's always about letting go, dying. When it's about Jesus, when you follow in the New Testament, it's the opposite. It's always about life. And when he sent his disciples out, he said, be my witnesses. What were they to be witnesses to? That he died on the cross? No. They were to be witnesses to the fact that he was alive and resurrected from the dead. If you look in the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, they talked more about the resurrection than they did about the crucifixion. Because without the resurrection, the word of God says the crucifixion is meaningless. And when I was a kid, we celebrated Good Friday, and I was like, what's the big deal about Easter Monday? What's the big deal? He rose again Sunday, and he changed everything. So let's put it together. (laughs) I know. Here it is. We die. He comes in us. And he lives. Did you hear me? You die. As we celebrate Jesus today, the reality is we have to go to our own funeral. And he has to come into us 
and live. And then we experience all He has for us. See, if you want to encounter the risen Jesus, you have to let go of yourself. You have to let go of your thinking. You have to let go of your desires and your way. And you have to embrace the fact that He's alive. And as you die, the good news is the living Jesus comes in you and you are more alive than ever before. Amen. So if you're not encountering Him today and He's alive, two people can't live in you. Someone has to die. And as you die and let go of yourself and the living God comes in you, Oh, what does it say? That seed that dies produces fruit beyond what we could ever think. Because when we encounter the living God and He takes over our lives, things are different. And fruit comes. The truth is, say goodbye to the old man. And say hello to the new man. And the new man is Jesus Christ within you. And you have a new heart. And you will produce beyond your wildest expectation. But it can't happen if you don't believe in a living God who wants to take residence in you. Amen. Amen. But we are here to celebrate and encounter and worship. The one who gives us living worship, living truth, and living power. And he says, come to me. I am here. And I want to change you forever. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Whatever our need is, wherever our heart is. You are alive. Would you help us to understand the truth again and again of a living God, a living Jesus? May our worship never be the same. May we encounter you as Mary did clinging to your feet. May our hearts burn within us as we hear your living word. And may your living power flow through us like living water to a dry and thirsty land. Lord, this day we choose to let go of ourselves. We choose to let go of our lives. Living God, Jesus, would you take residence in us for now and forevermore. If you have never encountered Jesus, experienced His forgiveness, His word or His power. He says, today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Don't do it yourself. Come to Him. Is that you? Has this all been tradition? Or is it alive? Has it been something you do? Or is it alive? Jesus says, He loves you. He wants all of you. 
So if you'll confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus died and rose again, you will be saved. And you will encounter the living God. Maybe you've slowly crept away from him. You've done your own thing your own way. Maybe you're more alive than he is within your heart. Just simply repent and turn back to him. Turn to him. Embrace him. Cling to him. He loves you. Oh Lord, bring us back. Bring us back to you. Bring us back to our first love. Continually speak to us through your word, through your spirit, that we may continually encounter you for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning. We praise you that you're alive and you didn't leave us alone, that you're with us and that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Praise God. Let's stand together and worship. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you in the back. Maybe you're a little dry and you want a living experience. Come and get prayed for. Let's worship the Lord.